Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He's a good, good father, is he not? The best of fathers. I know my father would always ask me, son, do you need anything? Every, almost every week he would ask me, do you need anything? And our father is asking that too. He knows what we need before we even ask or think about it. Amen? Praise God. Well, I got an exciting message for you today. It's about, do you have passion for the Lord? So I have to be excited because I have to have passion because that's what I'm talking about. Amen? <laughs> we used to have a supervisor when I worked for uh, Johnson & Johnson, and he used to come in, and he goes, I'm very excited about this new product that we have. I go, you don't sound excited. I mean, then I used to take a Dale Carnegie course, and they said, if you act enthusiastic, then you'll be enthusiastic. Amen? So I want you to, you know, like be enthusiastic today. Can you do that for me? So the topic is, there you go. The topic is, do you have passion for the Lord? Amen. Amen. All right. We want to find out how do you get it, and once you get it, how do you keep it? You can lose it sometimes if you've been saved for 5, 10, 15 years. Sometimes you get a little lackadaisical, a little lazy, fair, you know, whatever, whatever. No, we have to keep our passion for the Lord because he's, he's a passionate God. He's passionate towards us. So let's pray as we get into this. Father, we thank you as you minister through me for your people. I ask you just guide my mouth and my heart to speak the words that you have for them. And I give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. See, God has passion. Did you know that? He has hate. He has love. He has uh, anger. He has joy. He has laughter. He has compassion. He has all the emotions that we have, but they, he has them under control. He doesn't get angry and go crazy. Amen? Anybody, anybody out there? Okay. <laughs> you know, I one time, I went to a, uh, I visited someone at work, and they were kind of going off. And I, I just tapped him on the shoulder. I go, uh, hell, sister, how you doing? She goes, oh, pastor, oh, pastor. I didn't know you were there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But God is not a stoic God. He created us with emotions. He has emotions. And what is the definition of passion? Are you ready for this? It's an overwhelming, intense, strong desire towards someone or something. Overwhelming. Are you overwhelmed by being with the Lord? Amen. So David, he had passion. You know, David had passion, didn't he? When he brought the Ark of the Covenant in, he danced so violently that his outer garments, his kingly garments came off. Amen. That's some kind of crazy praise, isn't it? And that's why I like my wife. My wife is very passionate. No matter what it is, she's passionate about it. You know, like I, we might say something like, uh, we can't find the remote. We can't? We can't. We can't find the remote? Everything we tell her is like man overboard. Okay, what are we going to do? <laughs> because God doesn't... I had to get used to that because, you know, when you give bad news, she reacts the same way when you give good news. So I had to say, okay, calm down. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but, but God doesn't want us to be lukewarm, laissez-faire, blasé, take it or leave it. Oh, I love the Lord from a distance. No, he wants to be in our grill, if I could say it that way. Now, baseball, look at these baseball players. Are, do they have passion? Let's see these guys. They're ready to go, aren't they? 
They, they've been practicing. They've been working out. They've got a game plan, and they come out of the dugout. Now, look who they're playing. Let's see these guys here. No, these guys are not going. I don't think they're ready to play, are they? Does that look like you on Sunday morning when you're ready to go to church? <laughs> or how about this guy? He makes it into church, but he's sleeping. <laughs> Today in America, some people, you'll ask him, are you going to church on Sunday? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe. I just don't know. Have you been reading your Bible? Uh, I'm just too busy. I haven't had time to read my Bible. Are, 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 are those passionate people? No. But then when you need the Lord, you want the Lord to be there, Johnny on the spot. Come on, Lord, where are you, right? But yet you have him sowed into him and sowed into his, your relationship with him. But God is a passionate God, and he created us to have compassion. Now, how do you get this passion, you might ask? <laughs> you get it from the Lord. He is the spirit of passion. He is the grace that he gives to us to be able to do the things that we're supposed to do. You know, I do a lot of things around the church. I never get tired. You know, some people say, Pastor, you know, slow down. No, I can't. <laughs> I have it in me to do it. Now, when I go home, that's it, you know. <laughs> My family goes, wake up, Dad, wake up. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but look at, look at here's what uh, the, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. You know, you know who else said that? Popeye the sailor man. <laughs> and his grace toward me was not in vain. His spirit was not in vain. I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. The grace of God comes in and takes hold of you and causes you to do the things that you want to do for him. Praise the Lord. So now you don't have to jump up and down. You, you don't have to be, uh, show big shows of emotion. It's on the inside of you. Amen. And, and the definite, you have to have enthusiasm. And you know where the derivative of enthusiasm came from? Let's look at it here in the Old English. N means in, within you. Thus is derivative from a Greek word, theos, in God. And ism is the nature. So enthusiasm is the nature of God within you. Can I talk to And you know what? When you have that, people are attracted to you. People want to talk to you. They have a good feeling after you. You know, Marianne uh, did women's fellowship on Friday, and she prayed, you know, days, and, and, and an hour before she went in, and the Spirit of the Lord was there. It wasn't just her words, but it was the Spirit of the Lord that you get attracted to, and you say, oh, I feel so good. This was a wonderful time together. Amen? So wherever you are, pray. Now, I'll give you an example. Are you ready for an example? Oh, before I give you an example, uh, let's look at Romans 12. Here's, here's what Paul said in the Passion Bible. Have you ever heard of the Passion Bible? It's, it's words that create excitement and passion in you. In Romans 12, 1, it says, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you going to church today? Yes, I'm going to church today. Praise the Lord. Keeping your passion toward him. How? Boiling hot. Oh, let me in the door. I'm here early. Praise the Lord. Who's speaking today? What's happening? Praise God. With the glow of the Holy Spirit, and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Are you doing children's church today? Yeah, I'm doing children's church today. <laughs> now, Ashley, I, I asked if I could give her this test, give this testimony. She came to us about a year ago. She said, I don't know how to reach my youth when I teach them at the college. 
They come in like zombies, she said. They're half sleeping. Some of them are totally sleeping. <laughs> They're not interested. They don't care. They don't do their homework. They just, how do I get them interested? I said, well, you just got to, you know, get some excitement on the inside of you. Find out what they like and try to meet them where they're at. She says, I have, I have office hours, but nobody shows up. She's there to ready to teach and help them, and nobody's there. What would you do in that situation other than shoot yourself? No. <laughs> other than quit. <laughs> I, I guess I'm not cut out for this. No. You need some what? Enthusiasm. You need some passion. So what she did over the summer, she decided to pray for her class five minutes each day, only five minutes, encompassing her regular devotions, her hourly devotions, and she prayed that they'd have a good night's sleep, that everything would be taken care of in their finances, that they would come ready to learn, and because she had an 8 o'clock class, and you know, 8 o'clock for youth is like, <laughs> forget about it. It's not even on <laughs> in, their, in their interest. But anyway, she had devotions. Guess what happened this year? Anybody want to guess? This year, she had the students interested taking notes, ready to hear from her. Office hours were filled. They came out of it. They had to get more room. They wanted more hours. They were interested. Why? She had God within her. Amen? When you go to your work, when you take care of people, have God on the inside of you, and they'll respond to whatever you have. So it even got so, so, so much that she said this week, classes from other classes classmates from other classes, came in and joined. So they're coming out the door, and they had to extend the time over an hour. From, I don't know what I'm going to do, to now I got a problem. I got too many kids coming in. Amen? So you have to have passion. Amen? Say that. Passion. Do you have passion? I know Patricia has passion. No matter what you tell her, whatever you talk about. Yeah. I got passion. Praise God. Bindi's got passion. Do you have passion? I'm reminded of a prophet in the Old Testament who had a zeal or passion for the Lord. The Lord spoke to him uh, to destroy Ahab, who was worshiping idols. And here's what Jehu said. Let's see what it says here. He said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So he made him ride in his chariot. And it was a wild ride. I mean, he just took off. Watch my zeal. Now, I took Laura Jean uh, to, to Women's Fellowship, and she said, you have zeal when you drive. <laughs> this is an interesting uh, wild toad ride, amen? <laughs> and when, uh, when we were having pastoral meetings, and I would drive the van to the pastoral meetings out in Oxnard, so Pastor Gary said, well, who's driving? They said, well, Pastor Chuck, oh, we're going to get a Jehu ride today. <laughs> Hold on, here we go. So uh, what happened? So he came to Samaria. He killed all who remained to Ahab in Samaria until he had destroyed him according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to Elijah. So he had passion. And guess what? Jesus had passion. Did he not? Yeah. Remember when he was in the temple? And he saw all the money changers exchanging money and, and sacrifices. He got upset. He didn't let his anger get the best of him, but he got out a whip of cords and he turned over the money changers, uh, the, uh, the tables, and got rid of all the animals. And he said, my house shall not be, uh, my house shall be a house of prayer, not what you have made it. And you know what the disciples said? 
in verse 17, and his disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Whoa! In other words, Jesus couldn't take it. He said, what are you guys doing? My, this is my father's house. This is a house of prayer. And this is what you're doing? Now, in Isaiah 59, 17, talking about Jesus, it says, he put on righteousness like a breast, breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head, and he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. He put on a mantle of zeal. Look out, here I come. Amen? Now, Jesus, he, he never took days off. He, he always, every day, I'm going to go minister. i got to go to the cities where God has called me to do. He, he doesn't like chill out and say, okay, guys, let's just take a break. One time, this recorded in the Bible that they went to a house to get some rest, and people found him and grabbed him and said, can you minister to us, healing? And he went outside, and you know what his family said? This guy's crazy. He's out of his mind. That's what my wife says to me sometimes. Why, slow down. What are you doing? Where are you going? It's midnight. Well, somebody needs help. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Sometimes when we were at the other church, people would go. I don't get that many calls now, but I used to get calls, you know, go to the hospital. Sometimes I have to spend all night trying to nurse somebody back to health. Uh, but you got, we've taught you better how to believe God, so that's good. So, um, but Jesus, look what it says here in Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing what? Doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him, enthusiasm. He went about doing good. He didn't put a sign up, say, prayers, uh, come on inside and I'll pray for you. No, he went out. He, he went out doing good. We're supposed to go out and do good. You know, it was so funny because we went to go see John's kids play football. And uh, we were introduced to a real estate agent. And he actually sold a house four, four, four doors up from us. What a coincidence that is, isn't it? So we invited him to the Harvest Festival. He has kids. They want to come. He, he, he booked it in his calendar. So we, wherever we go, we reach out. We love people. Praise God. We have zeal. So God is expecting us to go around and do good. Like it says in Titus 2.14, what does it say? Who gave himself for us, Jesus did, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, that's us, zealous for good works. Are you zealous? Amen. Leanne is zealous. If you're not saved, don't get near her, okay? <laughs> Look out, okay? <laughs> is he saved, Pastor Chuck? Did you pray for him? You know, bring him in. Here, let's, let's talk to him. Praise the Lord. Your own, he, he called you to be zealous. Richard Espinosa is like that. I can't go out to eat with Richard Espinosa. He wants to talk to the whole restaurant. Amen. <laughs> How you doing, brother? Good to see you. All right. How's everything going? Amen. You know, we, we have church here on Covina Boulevard between Citrus and Brain. Come join us. Yeah, you'll enjoy yourself. <laughs> brother Richard, I'm trying to finish my pancakes here. Can you, you know? <laughs> but it's a joy to be with him. It shakes you up. Amen. Makes you think that there's people that need to know the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But see, here's, here's something. Okay. I said all that, we had a good time, but now we're going to get serious. You ready to get serious? All right. So God has an emotion called jealousy. Ooh-wee. Jealous. Jealous of us. He loves us. Now, let's look at this in the Amplified Version, 
Exodus 34, verse 14. For you shall not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is jealous. Wait a minute. His name is jealous? He doesn't have jealousy. His name, you want to talk to God? He's a jealous God. He wants you. He loves you. He, he's desirous of you. He's, okay, look at this. He is jealous, which means impassioned, filled with, and showing great emotion. I, I like Ron. He was, he was leading the praise and worship team today. He says, you guys, you, you put all your emotion, put all your passion out there. You know, let, let it come out of you so that people can receive and see what, you know, that you're excited about the Lord so that they'll be excited about the Lord. Amen? So he says, in passion, filled with and showing great emotion. Now, here's the part that's going to really hurt. Are you ready? God demanding what is rightfully and uniquely his. Demanding what is his. Why? God is so great. He's so mighty. He created us. He made us. He, he, put, he created this whole earth for us. And if we worship other things, he's like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? <laughs> it's like if my son, and he used to do this when he was in high school, he used to come and go, you know, so-and-so's parents, they're really good parents. You know, they, they uh, do this and they do that. And, you know, you guys don't do that and all that. And then as he grew up, he goes, oh, wait a minute. They weren't that great. <laughs> but God is saying, you know, I'm good to you. Why, why are you looking to others? Why you build a wooden carved idol and think that's God? You're slapping me in the face with that. Amen? So he says, you shall not have any other gods before me. What other gods do we have? Uh, you can name them, right? Sports, hobbies, entertainment, money. money huh? What did you say? Chocolate. <laughs> you know, to, to cars, to watch some people eat, it's like, oh, that's their God, isn't it? Oh, that was such a good meal. Oh, come on, please. Okay, he, now God, he's passionate towards us. He likes to be with us. I've had the Lord wake me up. I don't know if you've have, ever had that. And sometimes you don't know it's the Lord waking you up at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. He wants to spend time with you. Amen. He wants to pray with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to share good things with you. And we, you know, like, oh, Lord, I don't, I, I'm too tired. no. <laughs> You have to get up and let him speak to you. And you might say, well, why does he need me to talk? Why does he want to talk to me? There's so many other people in the world. But look at this. Uh, if you ever have a Christmas dinner, a family Christmas dinner, and somebody's not there, they're missing, do you feel like there's an emptiness? Yeah, you, you miss that person. Same true here at church. We might have a great service, if, but if one or two people are not there, I, I feel incomplete. I feel like, oh, my gosh, uh, I, we, we missed out or they missed out, and I feel, I feel bad. I feel like uh, something's missing. In fact, that's how come Saul got, King Saul got so mad at David because he had a holiday dinner, and King David didn't show up. He said, I'm not going to show up and see what's, how King Saul reacts. And at that moment, King Saul says, you know what? Your hide is mine. I'm going after you. That's how upset he was. So if you miss Christmas dinner or if you miss church, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> now, okay, let's look at four points of the jealousy of God. Are you ready for it? And hold on to your hats. The first three are good, but the fourth is going to, you know, rock your boat. Okay. First one is he's demanding what is rightfully and uniquely his. He made us. He created us. The whole world he orchestrated for us. And that he, his infinite power and beauty, he's asking and 
looking for and requesting, requiring us to worship Him. What's so good about worshiping God? Well, because, you know, God is in heaven. In the heavens, He's got the glory there, the anointing and everything. And when we worship Him, we bridge the gap. All of a sudden, His heaven comes down to us. The Bible says that um, He inhabits the praises of His people. So when you praise God, you're bringing him down to your level, and you're able to be almost like you're in the heavenlies. You're able to receive and enjoy him, a part of him, his nature. Amen? Amen. Secondly, he wants to protect us from idol worship, which leads to nothing and false hope. He's trying to protect us from the harmful effects of idol worship. You know, I used to have a friend at the other church. He got so wrapped up in March Madness and basketball. I mean, that was, in March, that was it. That's all he thought about, you know, March man, who's, who's your bracket, who's winning, all that stuff. I go, brother, you know, your attention is kind of divided right here. You know, there's something more important than March Madness. And so he had to adjust himself to, to know that he has a relationship with the Lord. So jealousy, third thing, it can be generated by genuine love, the fruit and care and concern for the welfare of the one who is being loved. This is for our benefit that he loves us. And it's a commitment and a devotion to the person that you love. God is committed to us. He's called us. He wants to be with us. Let's look at it in Deuteronomy 7, 7 through 8. And it says here, when he's talking to the Jewish people, it is not because you are more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. It is because that the Lord loves you. He loves you so much, he wants to spend eternity with you. Isn't that nice? Amen. I married Mary Ann 40 years ago. I didn't think I would still be here, but (laughs) we're still here, okay? I married her for a lifetime, but guess what? God has called us for eternity. He wants to be with us. How much love is that? Praise the Lord. He wants to protect us and keep us from the wrath of God. What are you talking about, the wrath of God? Let me show you. In number four is zealous. Do we have the slide? Here's another definition of jealous. God is a jealous God as not bearing or allowing any rival and the severe avenger of those who depart from him. What are you talking about? If you don't worship him and and be with him, there's a penalty, there's consequences of not being with the Lord. Are you kidding me? What kind of God is that? Well, there's a lot of spiritual principles that we don't really know a lot about, and this is one of them. So, So God is... okay. God has given the commandments to Moses. Remember, what's the first commandment? Do not have any gods before you. You got that right. Do not have any gods before me. Number one, right? Oh, yeah, but, you know, uh, I can't go to church. I've got a weekend vacation this week and next week. So, Pastor, I'll see you in a while. Okay, praise the Lord. Thou shalt not have any gods before me. But while God was giving the commandment to Moses, guess what Aaron and the children of Israel were doing? They said, well, we don't know where this Moses is. Let's make a golden calf and, and make, make it look like he, this golden calf, delivered us out of Egypt. What kind of nonsense is that? Oh, we say, oh, it's by my might, by my power, by my intelligence, by my this, this, this is why I'm successful. But God said, here's what God said. In verse, I don't know if it's on there, verse 10. Now, therefore, well, here's what he did first. Oh, well, no, I'm sorry. He said this. Now, therefore, God said, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them 
and I will make of you a great nation. What did he say? He says, stand back, Moses. These people are stiff-necked. I mean, I've tried to work with them, but they're just not following along. Stand back, let me wipe them out, and let's start all over again. Whoa, whoa, yeah, excuse me, jealous God, I got it, okay? So he had emotions, but they were not out of control because Moses spoke to him and said, listen, God, you can't do that. Remember, you're, you, you brought them out of Egypt, and people will say, you just brought them out to harm them. Remember the promise you gave to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob that you're going to go into a promised land, that you will multiply the descendants. And so God repented from the harm which he said he would do. But when Moses came down and threw down, when he saw the, uh, what was happening, what did he do? He threw down the Ten Commandments that the Lord had given him. He was hot. He, he had anger. He didn't say, boys, you really messed up. No. He said, this is a great sin that you've done. And he was in anger, threw down the Ten Commandments. And guess what he did? He took that calf. He said, listen, we're going to burn that calf and into little sprinkles, and we're going to put them in the water, and you guys are going to drink it. You know, I'm going to put your face in it, okay? <laughs> You're going to drink it. And then he said, you know what? Who's on the Lord's side? And he divided them up, and the ones that were on the Lord's side, he, they took him, they said, go and kill those that are not of, in the Lord's side. And 3,200 people died that day. And on top of that, God sent a plague upon him. Ouch. God's a jealous God. And you know what? I, I found out, it, it, even in the uh, minutest things, sometimes I would wake up and I'd praise God and I'd love him and talk to him and everything. And then I'd get a little tired and I'd go, like, I'm, t- I'm done. And he was like, why are you... Why you why are you departing? I want to talk to you some more. So many times we, we, we cut it short. Kind of like if you're in a conversation with somebody and they're talking and they're, you know, telling, telling, telling you their story and you go, okay, that's good. I, I, I've heard enough. You know? <laughs> like, like God is, we're interrupting him and say, we don't want to uh, talk to you anymore. So after Moses did this, uh, the Lord repented from the harm that he was going to do. But he had that where he had to um, uh, make them pay. I'm glad. I'm so glad we have Jesus. He, he, he deliver, delivers us from that wrath. God is not mad at us. He, he doesn't have wrath towards us because of the blood of Jesus. So thankful for that because I would have been consumed. Even in my childhood, you know, they, they stoned kids that were disobedient. I would have been stoned like at 12, 13 years old. I don't think I would have got it very far. So how do we get, we have two questions to answer. How do you get the passion? How do you get it? You get it from the Lord. Now, look at David. He's a, he was a man after God's own heart. I don't know if I have it up here. I don't think I do. But here, let me read it to you in Psalm 63. Here's how he talks. Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. I go to bed anticipating getting up and being with the Lord early because it's quiet. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in this sanctuary to see your power and your glory. This guy is all the way sold out, isn't he? Because your loving kindness is better than life. I used to, his, his loving kindness is better than life. Being with him is more important and more fun than going on a thrill ride. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. So we praise God because he's so great, and he comes and he dwells in us. Now, here's the last thing I'll tell you. How do you keep it? 
the church of Ephesus in Revelation, they lost it. Can you imagine that? They were doing good. And look what it says here in Revelation 2, 2 through 5. He says, I know your works. Did you know that Jesus knows our works? He, he addressed every church. He says, I know your works. I know what you're doing. He knows what we're doing here, reaching out to the community, loving him, caring for him, caring for each other. He says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Sounds like a good church, isn't it? He said, but <laughs> I got one thing against you. What? You've lost your first love. You're doing all these things, but your heart is not with me. You're not doing it as unto the Lord. You're doing it as unto yourself. You're trying to make a good like, social club here. He said, I, you have one thing, I have one thing against you. You've lost your first love. Repent. Else I'll remove your lampstand from your place. In other words, I'll, I'll take away the anointing that I have. So he says, do I have it on here? It says, do, do the first works. How do you get back to the Lord? Do something. Do the things that you used to do. Reading, praying, talking to God, excited to come to service, you know, doing, helping people. Let's look at the list that here we have. This is in the Amplified. Love is to be, next one, love is to be sincere and active. The real thing, the real deal, amen, really love the person, not just, you know, you know, being, what, what's that word, you know, pl you know, plastic, fantastic, you know. <laughs> oh, how you doing, brother? Good to see you. <laughs> okay, the real thing, the real deal. With <laughs> I was talking to somebody, and I said, you know, I'd I, I like to get into, you know, your life and what you're doing to help you, you know. And there's a fine line between pastoring and pestering. You know, I have to be careful, but, but I care for people. The real thing, without guile and hypocrisy, hate what is evil. I hate that. I, you watch something on TV, oh, that's disgusting. Why do they have that on there? Detest all ungodliness. Do not tolerate wickedness. Hold on tightly to do what is good. Be devoted to one another. Devoted to one another? With authentic brotherly affection as members of one family. I had one brother, he's, he, he's, uh, he's, he's with this girl, and she can't understand why he's, being, he's so active in trying to be with people, people that he doesn't even know. And, and she says, well, wh why? You don't know that person. But he's given to hospitality, right? Giving, uh, giving preference to one another in honor. Loving, in the Amplified, or I think it's the Living Bible, outdo one another in showing love. I have to outdo my wife in, in, be, in being loving. It's not hard to do. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> because we're so selfish, you know? I mean, she, she does a lot of good things. I do a lot of good things. But it says outdo, you know, make it a competition. Praise the Lord. Never lagging behind in diligence. A glow in the spirit. Enthusiastically serving the Lord. Hallelujah. Enthusiastically serving the Lord. Praise the Lord. Constantly rejoicing in hope. What kind of person is this? Is this you? Is this a description of you? We hope so. Constantly, constantly rejoicing in hope. How you doing, brother? I'm blessed, anointed of God. God's on my side. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm just, just making it, brother. Just day by day. No. And constantly rejoicing in hope because of our confidence in Christ. Steadfast and patient in distress. Are you stressed? 
Yeah, but I'm, I'm patient and steadfast, knowing this is going to pass. Devoted to prayer, continually seeking wisdom, guidance, and strength. Contri- contributing to the needs of God's people. Pursuing the practice of hospitality. Pursuing the practice of hospitality. Are you opening yourself up? Are you helping people? Are you taking your, their concerns as your concerns? Amen? That's how you do the, the first works, and that's how you show that you love God. Praise God? Amen. I hope you got something out of this. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you that you're a jealous God. You love us with an everlasting love. You created us. You created us for your glory. We thank you, Lord, that we have a relationship with you. Teach us how to be close to you, to do those works that you've called us to do. Help us to have the zeal of the Lord with Christ on the inside of us, the enthusiasm that we have that comes from you. We ask you to give us this in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, amen. Amen.